For those of you who are visiting maybe with us and trying to catch up, we've been going through Genesis, all the way from Genesis. And now we're, we're moving into the time um, after Moses, you got Joshua and then Samuel, and now the time of the kings, the time of the kings of Israel. And, uh, and, and we're now looking at the, the, what number king were we beginning to look at? What, what was the number of the king? How, how many have gone before and who, who remembers? Yes, sir. The third king of Israel. Excellent. Well done. So what was the first one? Yes. Saul. And what was the, the, the second one? Yes. David. And, and who remembers the name of the third king of Israel? You remember? Go on, say it then. Okay, someone can help him. How about all together? What's the name of the third king of Israel? Solomon. Solomon. Absolutely. Well done. So Solomon was the third king of Israel, and he was the son of David. Now David, he was a worshiper of God. He not only was king, but he loved praising God. And he wrote hundreds, hundreds of songs about God. He wrote songs that praised God. He wrote songs that when he was sad, that he called out to God. He, he wrote songs that, that God deal with our enemies and deliver us and save us. And, and he would write songs. In fact, we have so many of them recorded for us and we still have them. They're called the book of Psalms. And all of the songs, not I don't know, all of them, but many of the songs that David wrote and some other people, but are contained in the book of Psalms is 150 Psalms. <coughs> and those are songs. And David, he, was, he, he loved God with all his heart, and he wanted to build God a temple. Because remember, they had the tabernacle, it was like the tent, and that would move around. But he wanted to build God like one that was big and glorious that would point to God and that the people could come and worship and give offerings and the sacrifices that God said in the law. And he, he wanted to do it with, and so he said, I'm going to do it. And then God sent the prophet and said, David, that's not for you to do. And David was, I'd say he was sad about it, but he listened to God and he obeyed God in that. And, but what he did is uh, he, God said that your, your son will do it, and that's Solomon. And so David saved up all the money that was necessary. David, every time he went to war, and every time the enemies attacked, when they left, I don't know, their, their shields there, or their, their gold there, or their spears there, he would take all that stuff and stick them in storehouses. So that when Solomon could come, his son would come. Everything was ready for Solomon to have everything he needed to build the temple. It's amazing how God provides, isn't it? Even uses the riches of the enemy to turn it for God's kingdom. He still does that today. And so when David was dying and the responsibility for building the temple 
was given to Solomon. And Solomon had asked God, I, want, I need wisdom. I don't know how to lead your people. And God gave him great wisdom. And he was given the responsibility to build it. Now it's amazing because there was, there was gold, there was silver, there was uh, trees and cedar and, and all the stone that was needed. Now to build this, to build this temple, he had to make it like the tabernacle. It's just, he made it bigger. So everything that the tabernacle had, it had the holy place. It had the holiest of all where the Ark of the Covenant would go. We looked at that before. And it had the, 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 the different areas where the people could go, where the priests would be, where the big basin is, where they would cleanse things, where they would do the sacrifices, all of it. But he just made it bigger. It was, like, it was like a ratio thing. I don't know if you know that term, but sometimes we make models that are little tiny ones and we make them the same, same all, the, all the pieces are quite the same just as the big one is. And so he does it the other way around. He has the smaller one and he makes everything bigger here so that everyone would go, wow, that's amazing. The idea is that when people would see that, they'd go, wow, then God's amazing. Doesn't always work that way, but that's, that's what his heart was. And so when they cut the stone, he didn't even allow them to cut the stone on the premises. They had to cut the stone and then they had to bring it over. He didn't want any tools on the work site. They had to bring it all over already cut. It kept everything really clean. And they cut the, cut the cedar and they cut the trees. And they brought it in and they began to put it together. It was huge. It was 20 stories tall. It was over 200 feet. This is about 10 or this is about 10 feet. So you think about 10 of these, no, 20 of these on top of each other. That's huge. It was like a football field. If you could take half of a football field, it's like 100 and 180 feet by, by, what was it? It was more than that. And 60, 60 feet, it was huge and and it was really tall, and there was gold in it, there was cedar in it. It took, it took these people, thousands of them, from all over the place. He got experts, he got experts, people who knew how to do stuff, how to cut stone, how to lead the groups, foremen, people who could, could, could put things and move things and haul things and design things and cut things, and it took them... Seven years. Think, wow, that's a long time. I mean, it's not like our government where they take 20 years to build something that they haven't even finished yet. But back then, they, they like worked really hard. They were serious. Why? This wasn't a work they're just doing for people. Who are they doing it for? For God. And you know, we, when, when we do a work for God, boys and girls, listen, when you're doing something for the Lord, we don't want to do it like lazy like we don't want to be like eh, if i feel like it today i'll do it how should we do it we should do it with intent shouldn't we feel like i'm serious about this and if it's if i got to get up early then what do i do if i got to work late then what do i do 
you know, even today it's like that. It, you know, so I'll, I'll tell you, I, I'm going to stand over here because I'm talking to you guys. But some, some days, I'll be honest with you, some days I don't go to bed till 3 o'clock in the morning. Why? Because the work has to get done. Some days I'm up at before 6 o'clock. Why? Because the work has to get done. Many days it's, 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 it's why? Because it's, it's needful. And those, those who want to do a work for God, we don't just do it like going, well, God, I'll just do what I feel like it. Some people think that way, and that's just off. The work doesn't get done. And God calls each and every one of us to be faithful. And the thing is, is that when God gives strength, God gives incredible strength. My friend Jonathan Conrath, who was saying yesterday that one time the Holy Spirit touched him and in such a way that he had such power that for 48 hours he didn't sleep, nor was he tired. And they were traveling around the world to, to preach the gospel. And they had to go to certain places. And for 48 hours, he didn't have to sleep at all. He had absolutely, he wasn't tired. God can give extraordinary things because he's God. So when you trust him, there's amazing things that can happen. And he can get, do things through you that nobody else can do. He can do things through you that even surprise you. You're like, wow, God, you used me. And in seven years, they built the temple. And it brought glory to God. It was during Israel's time where they're like, People were coming from all over the world to view and to hear with Solomon's wisdom, with the temple now that was being built. God was raising up his nation and saying that these are my people in the earth and that God, God would draw other people to himself through his people. But when the work was done, it wasn't enough it wasn't enough that they had the stone and the wood because that's just like, that's just like stuff. Do you know what makes God's temple God's temple? Do you know what makes what God does so important? It's because God's in the midst of them. That's what makes it important. That's what makes it amazing is because God's at work in the midst of them. And so all Israel and lots of other people gathered when they were going to dedicate the temple. They had the priests there and they were giving sacrifices for the, the sins of the people. They were giving sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving to God. But all Israel gathered and, and even other people from other nations who weren't even Jewish, they came to see it as well. And there came a point to where where Solomon then, um, as he was the king, he, he, he was going to dedicate it. And so what's, what the best way that he knows how to do is he's going to, he's, so he prayed. You think that's the best, because we're, we're going to talk to God. This is your temple, God. You are the Lord of glory. You're the King of kings. We're going to talk to you about your temple. We want to not just make it as in like we're great, but God, you're great. So we're dedicating all that's happened now. This is for you. This is yours. He'd already given his permission. And so they just obeyed what God said. And now they're saying, Lord, then will you come down and will you fill your temple? 
And boys and girls, that's the same thing for us. In fact, one of the verses that was quoted that John the Baptist came to baptize in water, but Jesus said that he would baptize with the Holy Spirit in fire. And so he comes to fill you and me. We get to be those temples now. We don't need a space. It's just us. But this is what happens. And all of a sudden, as he's praying, it's almost like an Old Testament Pentecost. glory of God came down and the glory of God is like God's manifest presence God's manifest presence and so because we can't see God with our normal eyes he has to help us to see him and help us to know that he's near so we believe him but what he did there is it's like it came down almost like smoke the glory of God came down And it started filling the temple. And the priests were doing their work. And then it began to expand. And it began to go in that area. And this area. And this area. And pretty soon they couldn't see anymore. And it got so intense in there that God was so near. That God was like there. And you've maybe been here when God has come down in this place. and, And you're just like... Oh, God is near. And sometimes we can be like, we get nervous maybe, or we're not sure what to do. Some people will, they, they, they freak out sometimes. And some people will get on their face. Sometimes they'll praise God. Some people will get on their knees. Well, these guys, the presence of God, the glory of God was so filling the temple that, that these guys, they, 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 couldn't, they couldn't, even, couldn't even stay inside. All the priests actually had to go outside. Could you imagine that we're all in here in worship and praising God and God's presence comes in here and then everyone kind of goes, whoa, and everyone goes outside and stands outside because the presence of God is just too much. Oh, that sounds like revival to me. I don't know, but it's amazing. And God still does stuff like that today. In fact, there was a, a nation in, 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 in the, on the continent of, of Af- Africa that there were young people that would go up onto a mountain and they would meet with God. And because they didn't have pastors at that point, they didn't have people who could teach them, God himself was meeting with them and teaching them. And they were in the presence of God like that. And because they were in the presence of God, their faces began to shine. Almost like Moses did when he went up onto the mountain. And they would come down off the mountain and they were known as the shining ones and they would preach the gospel to those who were there. It's in history. God still does amazing, amazing things. But his presence... filled the temple. Boys and girls, listen, that is, that is the most important part. Because that, that's what makes it the place where God can be worshipped. When God is there. And his presence is there. When Jesus was alive, he, he said to the people, he said, listen, this temple will be destroyed and in three days I will raise it up again, he said. And the people were talking about this. Now, by that time, it wasn't Solomon's temple. It was the one that was um, uh, helped to be built by Herod and People got really defensive at it. And they said, what are you talking about? You're going to destroy the temple and then raise it up in three days. 
What are you talking about? But they didn't understand who he was talking about because he was talking about himself. Because Jesus said that actually when it, when it comes to that, that he's that temple. The Bible says that Jesus came and, and as the one who was filled, he was fully God, he was truly God, and he was a person, and he came to save us from our sins. And so when he went to the cross, he had to take this away so that we could be temples of God, so that we collectively could be one where God's presence could fill us. But he had to deal with our sin. He had to take it away so that the presence of God and that we could know his presence and we could walk with him and we could know him and we could would be filled with all his, his fullness. And so Jesus came and when, when, when he died, he died to take away our sin and to remove it, not just cover it, but to take it away. And if God takes it away, it's gone. So he redeems us, he, he purchases us, he washes us, he cleanses us, and he takes our sin away because he died to take it away. And the Bible says that on the first day of the week, on the third day, that God raised Jesus from the dead. After he was buried, God raised him up. Jesus is... Jesus is the true temple. But how about this? When you put your trust in him, it's almost like he makes you a living stone and he builds you together and me together in him being the true temple. And that God by his spirit comes to live in you. We collectively get to be with him. He's the cornerstone. He's the capstone. He's the foundation, and we get to be built together with him so that God by his spirit can come. And that's the place where he's worshiped. That's the place where we give sacrifices. That's the place where we declare his glory, and he shines through you. I don't know, today, are you part of that yet? Have you put your trust in Jesus? If you'll ask him, he can take you and actually put you together with him and with other of those who belong to Jesus and build us together and fill you with his spirit, just like he did back then. And you can walk around knowing that God has filled you, knowing he's with you, knowing and there you can worship God wherever you go. If you're standing at the bus stop, or you're at school, or you're at home, or you're in your room, and you can worship God and know his presence wherever you go because you're part of that. Let's pray. Maybe this morning you need to tell him, I, I want to be part of that. Jesus, make me clean. Jesus, save me. Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Jesus, I put my trust in you. I want to be part of your temple. 
Father, we just ask your blessing upon young and old alike today that, Lord, we would know the reality of being filled with your presence, the reality of being filled with your spirit because you've washed us, because you've cleansed us, because you've made us new, and that you build us together as a body. You build us together as a temple, a place where you dwell by your spirit. And we pray that even this morning, you'll touch each one. Even this morning, Lord, you would so fill each one of these, your people. That, Lord, they'll know the fire of heaven coming upon them. They'll know what it means to be filled with your presence. They'll know what it means to be the worshipers that you've called us to be. And so we pray, Father, for both young and old alike today. Lord, so come and fill your temples. That we, there's no space really for us. It's just you and your glory. And so help us in these things, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.